what do they call those little timers of old where you uh, – it's an hourglass where you – you know, the sands run through the hourglass and you you change it when you flip it over when the sands are done? Is that what you call it, Adam Beasley? I'm having flashbacks to uh, NBC daytime programming when I was a kid. Uh, my mom would watch Days of Our Lives uh, every day, Monday through Friday. And yes, it is called an hourglass. Like sands through the hourglass, these are the days of our lives. Well, it's felt like we've been keeping track of how far we are from NFL free agency and the NFL draft, this NFL offseason, through an NFL uh, official hourglass. And the sands are quickly running out. I'm so excited. We're hitting the final little grains of sand before the NFL offseason. Yeah, we're uh, we're recording this uh, late Tuesday afternoon, and uh, the franchise uh, tag deadline is nearing. We think we know the big names who will be tagged. And after that, it's on like Donkey Kong. I mean, it's it's time to uh, it's time to to make the donuts, so to speak. They're the Dolphins in the next, oh, I don't know, four or five days are going to get a true sense of what the market is for players they want. And I think uh, by Monday morning, we're going to have some names uh, and, and maybe even some contracts agreed to. Um, and it's exciting because I think they're going to be very active in the next two weeks. So you are listening to the Dolphins In-Depth Show. I am caddy of the show Armando Salguero, star of the show Adam Beasley, bringing you all the latest and greatest NFL, Miami Dolphins information. So who do we know is definitely tagged so far, Adam? Well, it's at least a half dozen people. Um, and I think the most important names for the uh, for Dolphins fans to know who were and who were not tagged, uh, who were tagged, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin. Aww. Chicago Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson. Womp, womp, womp. But – Two names, or one name specifically, that was not tagged, that was a bit of a surprise, was Detroit Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay. And he, he suddenly becomes the most, the hottest name on the market uh, when it comes to veteran free agents. And my understanding is, Armando, talking to people around the league, that the Dolphins are all in and trying to pursue Kenny Galladay, that they will be in the mix to say the least, for his services. And one source went so far as to tell me, Armando, he thinks it's going to come down to the Dolphins and the Giants, and one of those two teams will land him. Very good. That's uh, outstanding. And I would suggest to you that that, that, that is a, a clear sign that the Miami Dolphins want to go into the draft with uh, what they call flexibility. Mm-hmm. Where where it's not going to be well, we've got two first round picks. We'll just pick two wide receivers in the one in the first, one in the second, and we'll be good. Uh, it's we're going to get a veteran in there at some point, and maybe add a wide receiver in the draft. And it's going to be a mix of guys, and we're not just going to rely on the draft because just in case from. Uh, Somebody might come available in trade on, mm-hmm. on 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 draft night. I'm just saying, just possibility. Uh, something that Mike Tannenbaum uh, would say every year back when he was running the Dolphins was, uh, "You you want to use free agency to set your lineup, and you want to use the draft to get players. You want and 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 any any great player at any position who comes available at your spot." 
you should not pass up on. And I, th- I think you're absolutely right. If they go out, I think they're going to sign at least one, maybe two free agent wide receivers. They're going to sign at least one edge defender. And there are some good names out there. We can get into those as well. Uh, they're going to sign another interior lineman. I know they added an offensive lineman on Monday night. We'll get into that as well. Um, but I, I think they are going to be active right now. They have 30 some odd million dollars in cap space. Uh, I believe technically Kyle Van Noy, as of the time of the speaking, is still on the roster, correct? He is still on the roster. The Dolphins are trying to trade him. It's very doubtful that any team would take that contract on, I would say. And oh, by the way, let me just add that not a lot of people inside the Dolphins locker room are going to miss Kyle Van Noy. That is absolutely true, and I think it's a big reason that he is one and done here. Yeah, uh, so Kyle Van Noy, great leader in his own opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to take issue with that for a second. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was kind of surprising for me to hear that anyway. I guess uh, maybe you knew it before I did, but I was a little surprised by that whole situation. Um, my understanding was even b- going back to New England, he could be a bit of a handful. And Kyle Van Noy, Kyle Van Noy Incorporated, sometimes took over for Kyle Van Noy, the team player. And uh, I mean, this is a guy that would go on Twitch. I know you're a big Twitcher, right? You 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 often Twitch. No idea. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a social media video streaming service where basically you can watch Kyle Van Noy play video games. And uh, during those video games, he would just hold court on whatever entered his mind to promote himself and to bash the media. And it was just kind of a window into the soul of his his thinking. You you don't see a lot of NFL players doing that. Um, maybe in some other leagues, that's the culture. It's not the culture in the NFL. And what surprises me, and, and we're kind of all over the place again, but it's good because we have so much to get into. What kind of surprises me is that Brian Flores didn't know this 12 months ago when they gave him a $52 million contract. That is the troubling part of it all, is it not? I mean, uh, so the uh, the club of people from New England that Brian Flores was supposed to have known and supposed to have known re- relatively intimately uh, and brought here as a result and then flamed out it's an ever-expanding group, and it includes Chad O'Shea. It includes, uh, I, I guess, to some degree, former defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kyle Van Noy now is one of them. It, it's uh, it's just it's curious. Yeah, so it's, you know... On the one hand, it's hard to argue with the on-field results because they went 5-11 and 11 the first year when everyone thought they were going to win two games, if that. And they went 10-6 and six last year when everyone thought they were going to win seven or eight games. So it's hard to argue with the result, but you think the process might be a little bit flawed. Uh, you know, process, schmoss. Sound like an NFL head coach now. All I care about is results. <laughs> Get me results. I want results. I think I got into a, an argument with Adam Gase over process and results once upon a time. He was about well, process, and I'm about results. Yes. Well, and, and it's funny. In the, in the NFL, the preseason, uh, all that matters is the process. And in the regular season, all that matters is the result. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and I would agree with you. But 
at some point you would think it's unsustainable if you flip your coaching staff every year and if free agents know that even if you're the captain of the team, uh, you might be gone the next year. So I, I think some of that stuff could hurt them down the road. We'll see next week. We'll see if any of these big name free agents, and there are a ton of them. I was having a conversation uh, with, with, a, with a very plugged in league source today, Armando, and he said that this free agency is going to be any, unlike anything we've seen in a long time. Players like um, Kenny Galladay would absolutely have been tagged in a previous year, but because the number has been depressed due to the pandemic, that there is going to be there are going to be players that uh, hit the market that otherwise wouldn't. Hunter Henry, a tight end out of the Los Angeles Chargers, is another name. Uh, I know we've discussed in the past Hassan Reddick. Is that correct? That's 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 how you pronounce his name. Uh, he uh, twelve and a half sacks last year might have been the franchise record for the Arizona Cardinals. He's going to be available. So, uh, and, and not only are these players going to be available, there are only about three or four teams that can afford to truly pay these guys. And and those three or four teams uh, aren't very good. Um, I mean, maybe I guess maybe the Patriots could enter the mix too, and, and they historically are obviously very, very good, but last year they weren't. But you're talking about the Jets and the Jaguars and teams that kind of stunk last year that are at the top of that list when it comes to, to, to salary cap space. So if you are a player who is entering the prime of your career, obviously you want to get paid, but are you willing to take a little bit less to go to a team that's that's going to give you the best chance to succeed? And that's probably uh, Chris Greer and Brian Flores' best sales pitch. In addition to we're living, you live in Miami, there's no sales tax, et cetera, et cetera, all these you know platitudes we've heard in the past. Uh, but but I think that could be what if 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 the numbers are close enough between them and the Jags for for a player they really love, maybe that puts them over the top. By the way, I'm glad I'm not you. Uh, not very often that I'm glad I'm not you because <laughs> if I were you, I, I I would be you know much better looking and much younger and uh, able to write or wrong write many great words of prose and have a much higher SAT score. How, <laughs> however. I'm glad I'm not you right now because you've uh, summarily angered Chandler Jones, who is indeed the record holder for sacks Oh, <laughs> with the Arizona Cardinals because one year he had 13, and then one year he had 17, and then one year he had 19, and that's more than 12 and a half. <laughs> is, uh, the question is, will J.J. Watt break that again this year? No. That, no, I, no. I, I think he's on the downside of his career as well. So yeah, I, I agree. So uh, let me let me uh, ask you about this Galladay thing because um, on its face it sounds good, but I mean <laughs> there there's a reason that he's not being tagged. No, I mean he didn't exactly. Uh, he, he's got some health issues. No. He only appeared in five games last year. Uh, he was dealing with a hamstring injury late in the season, and then beginning of November he had some sort of hip flexor issue that shut him down for the year. So, yes, you're right. There is a degree of questions, a degree of uncertainty about his uh, durability. Uh, on the flip side, though, uh, the year before, uh, he had led the NFL with 11 touchdown catches, and in his career he has averaged 17 yards per reception. I mean, he is – ridiculously productive. Uh, I think if there is the yes, durability might be a question, but I think another question is this, is there too much duplication of, of, of skill set if they've signed him and they keep Devante 
and they they their 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 big tight end is Mike Kosicki. Where is your explosive speed coming from? And that's you know, it, certainly uh, Kenny Galladay would be the uh, the dream receiver for for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who loves throwing up those fifty fifty balls. Galladay is six four two fifteen, I believe. Um, but Tua Tagovailoa didn't really do that all that well last year. So interesting. But I, I will say this. Uh, George Godsey, you look back at his career, and he seems to have a preference for these bigger-bodied receivers. That That's the kind of offense he wants to run. But again, that might be great if Deshaun Watson's the quarterback, and they might score 35 points a game with all these weapons, particularly if they go and still get one in the draft, which they could, even if they have to give up the number three pick for, for Watson. They're still – I mean – you and I both listened to Mel Kuyper last, last yesterday. He said, "What thirty-five guys could go in the first five rounds?" There's, it's just that stacked at wide receivers, so you can find help at that position throughout the draft. But if two is your quarterback and he's 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 got to throw a bunch of fifty-fifty balls to these these massive wide receivers that have average speed, that could be an issue. Right, because Tua himself, and that's one of the things that really he has not been—I don't want to say challenged about, but I want to say he hasn't been probed, is that he has said multiple times, if I don't see them open, I'm not going to throw it. Um, I believe you're familiar with with that quote. Yes. And it's an intriguing quote because, like you said, a lot of the Dolphins receivers who did, you know, or had good seasons with Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, that's how they make their living. <laughs> you know, they are not – uh, three-yard separation type guys, they are not down the field behind the entire defense having blown the top off the defense type guys. They are, we're bigger, we have a, a large catch radius, use that even though it looks like we're covered. Uh, it doesn't make, it, it doesn't fit almost. Especially if they go draft Kyle Pitts too. Which, by the way, I would love Kyle Pitts on this team because I think he could actually be your home run threat. That guy is an absolute beast. Um, it, it would be an interesting matchup situation for teams that had to cover four guys six three or bigger, and 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 who, who can all have you know not burn past you. But I mean, Galladay ran a four five flat at the combine. That's not slow. It's certainly not speedy, but it's. It, it's not slow. I mean, you have receivers that are productive. I mean, what, what did Jarvis run? Jarvis was molasses four, slow. Four, six, yeah. eight. Yeah. I mean, so four, five isn't crawling. It's not fast, but it's not crawling either. So, I mean, I'm just having, I, I just had visions of, you know, <laughs> you've got to have a bunch of six, two, six, three corners to, to, to hang with these guys. And very few teams have that. Another guy that the Dolphins uh, like in free agency that I've reported on is Nelson Aguilar. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, he he kind of uh, got their attention, I think, last year in the Las Vegas game when he went for 155 yards against the Dolphins secondary. Almost ended their playoff hopes. Almost by, yes, almost did that were it not for – you know, the, the miracle throw by, by Ryan Fitzpatrick. But it seems to me that uh, if you put what you just talked about with Galladay uh, and juxtapose it a little bit with Aguilar, they're similarly built, uh, not speedsters by any stretch of the imagination. It's almost like they have a, you know, kind of like a 
I guess, uh, I don't know, a profile that yeah, they a like? Yeah, a template there, I guess, certainly. Uh, I will say this. If they sign Kenny Galladay, it's almost certainly the end of Preston Williams here. I mean, I can't, I can't see them unless they, they, they trade Devontae. I mean, I guess that's, that's possible. But I can't then see them keeping Galladay, Devontae, and Preston Williams in the same roster. I, I just don't see that. I can. Why? I mean, <laughs> I, because you, you, have, you have the same guy at differing levels of ability. I mean, you, you can debate. You know, I, I think I would take Galladay over Devontae at this point. Uh, but say they're right. one and two, and then Preston's three. They're all the same exact guy, though. And we talked about Kasicki. Give me, give me some six-two guys that can move. I mean, that's that, that's what I was six-one guys that can move. That's you would need some diversity in your lineup. So fair, uh, but but what you're saying is that he wouldn't be here. I, I mean, I mean, he might nothing. go to he, he might go to camp with the team, but I, I would I would say he would be on my list of guys that certainly on the bubble to make the team. Well, he's that anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's had two seasons and failed to complete either one, which is not good. That's that's not good. But he's cheap. Uh, you know, he's young, and he does have some potential. And again, you don't have to put all of them on the field at the same time. They 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 got backups. Right? Yeah, you, I mean, but here's the thing: if if you have three of those guys, which of those three is going to play special teams? None, <laughs> you're you're not going to make like Preston Williams your gunner or something, right? I mean. He, he, if 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 Preston is going to be their number five or six wide receiver, they need uh, he, he needs to be able to play special teams, and he just doesn't have the I don't think the, the size like the, the the thickness to do that. I don't think he's got the the lateral movement to do that either. It's interesting because of all those guys that you mentioned, all of a sudden the people that don't seem to fit to me to my eyes are Lynn Bowden and Malcolm uh, what's his name the uh, Perry. Yeah, M- Malcolm Perry. Uh, I I keep thinking Malcolm Jenkins. Why do I keep thinking Malcolm Jenkins? Um, <laughs> well, I will I will say this: uh, Lynn Bowden, uh, uh, Malcolm Perry, and Jakeem Grant. All three of those guys will not be on the team. Uh, I, I think those three guys will be fighting for one, if not two, spots. That's interesting. So when we come back, we're going to uh, talk about the general direction of the Dolphins. Off season, and we're going to talk about quarterbacks a little bit because it's just stunning what is happening with quarterbacks. And of course, uh, the Dolphins always have a quarterback situation, good or bad, one way or the other. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. We do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, so welcome back. 
star of the show, Adam Beasley. <laughs> the the Miami Dolphins are in a situation where um, their quarterback is a developmental player, correct? I, I would say that's fair. He's developing, correct? Let's hope. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, that's fair. So let me ask you this, and I'm just throwing it out there. If the Dolphins are at number three and Zach Wilson is available, do the Dolphins pick Zach Wilson in the draft? Oh, oh. You know, here, <laughs> uh, people want me to say, hell no, there's no way. They're, they're rolling with Tua. You can't do that to the guy. I haven't scouted Zach Wilson. I, I, I never, you know, never really gave it much thought that they would take a quarterback at three. I don't know what their evaluation of the guy is, but you hear some of these, like, didn't McShay say he is, he might be their, the, the best quarterback and over Trevor Lawrence? If it's not McShay, I apologize, but there have some, been some of these draft Nick guys that are so high on him. And I saw him play like a quarter and a half in the Boca Bowl. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's my extent of Zach Wilson in 2020. But from an organizational standpoint, I will say this. If you have strong conviction that Zach Wilson is a better quarterback than Tua Tungabailoa, yes, you make that move. I, I, I just don't know what they think internally, and I certainly don't know the player well enough to make that judgment. Well, we're not going to know what they think internally because they're not going to wave a banner and tell us. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so let's go under the assumption that that is true. Let's also go under the assumption that he's taller than Tua Tungabailoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's more athletic than Tua Tonga by law. He's not thicker. Uh, Tua is, you know, kind of built different. He, he Tua is, I think, 217, 218, and he's trying to get to 220, 223. And Zach Wilson is 205. But he's just – he's more athletic. He moves around better. Well, he doesn't have a reconstructive hip. Uh, well, he does have some injury question marks, but you're right. He doesn't have that reconstructive hip. Uh, I, look, I have always, once upon a time, Ron Wolf said to me, personally, he said, Armando, he said, <laughs> <laughs> because that's what he called me. Um, I pick a quarterback every year, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worked for me. And I said, yes, it has. And guess what? Yes, it did. And so why not? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with if if you've got a guy that's developing, let's add another guy. You need a backup quarterback anyway. And let's do it. <laughs> Take your backup quarterback at three overall would be incredible. Well, uh, but your backup quarterback at three overall may beat out the, the, the quarterback at five overall. Right. No, that's uh, the thing. And, and and you can probably get away with it because a two is not a jerk. I mean, he's from all reports, and we haven't gotten to know him personally because of the, the pandemic. But he's been so pleasant and so helpful with us every time he's talked, and he he seems like genuinely a good dude. Your 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 concern would be dividing the locker room, but I don't know how great the allegiance he has in that in that building at this point anyway, because you get loyalty from production. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, if, if you're trying to sell me on trying to improve at every single position, no matter whose feelings you hurt, I'm all for it. 
But when you look at the flip side of allocation of resources, I, <laughs> it would be hard to have either the number three pick or the number five pick in the draft as a backup in 2000 in, 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 in 21. I, I think if, if, if they do, if they do have conviction, that they would trade Tua, that they would find a trade partner with Tua and flip in for, for an asset, probably a second round pick or something like that. That that would, to me, would be the more likely outcome. But if if but if you're telling me that their 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 roster is pretty pretty loaded from free agency and you know a billion draft picks last year, and they're very comfortable with the composition of their roster, and they think Zach Wilson is 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 head and shoulders better than Tua, yes, I make that move. All right, so that's not what I'm telling you, but I can't tell you everything that I know because I I want to write it <laughs> and I will. And so what a tease! For, what a look, tease, Armando! Look for that in the coming editions of the Miami Herald. So the Dolphins have already acquired one player, even as they're trying to trade Kyle Van Noy, they've already agreed to a trade for right tackle Isaiah Wilson. What do you make of that move with the Tennessee Titans? It's another lotto tick, ticket. That's that's what this team does. It buys lotto tickets. And the thing about lottery tickets is usually they're a waste of money. But if it hits, it's uh, it's 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 life-changing. And I don't know if Isaiah Wilson will be a life-changing player at any point. But if you can get a guy for I – mean, let's be honest. They're swapping seventh-round picks. And so it's a seventh-round pick uh, – by the Dolphins in 2021 for Wilson and a seventh round pick in 2022. So it's basically like a priority free agent and uh, Isaiah Wilson for the Dolphins seventh round pick this year. I, I buy that lotto ticket every day of the week. I absolutely do that because if a player is talented enough to go in the first round um, and, and, and put on tape enough in college to go in the first round, you take a shot on it. Now we we know, and you're going to get into it with with the great great reporting you did today. It's not just about the talent with the guy. There's a lot going on there beyond that, and it's going to be up to Brian Flores and his culture to get him right. Right, and what's interesting to me, and I agree with you by the way, um, on on its own by itself, absolutely, there's nothing to lose. Uh, you know, a seventh round pick is is akin to a, a, a penny that nobody wants. Mm-hmm. So so teams blow seven, seventh round picks at a percentile of like 70%. So if you have a chance to add a, a player who the year prior had a second or a third round pick uh, grade on him, absolutely. You try to make it work and see if, if the 22-year-old – will start to grow up and start acting, you know, like a professional. And maybe you get some mentors around him and maybe the head coach who went to the same high school as him uh, can, can be sort of like a mentor to him as well. Um, Try it. Why not? But here's where I, I kind of like, I I don't like, I don't like mixed messages. They, they, I'm not a smart man, so mixed messages kind of blow me up. Don't tell me that you want your team to be smart, tough, uh, dedicated, a team that is about uh, team and not self, a team that, you know, is professional and loves the game. When you're adding guys like this, uh, and it, and that's the problem. They've done it a lot. 
Taco Charlton was not about team. He was about Taco. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Rosen was not about leadership. He was bereft of leadership. And this was known before he was uh, signed, before they traded for him. And the Dolphins kind of made fun of me at the press conference when I brought it up. And guess what? Oh, look, look who's right. Um, <laughs> wow. Hey, well, don't, I, I, I'm worried about you. Don't hurt yourself patting yourself on the back there. I mean, you can get a shoulder injury. Believe me, I've done it before. No, look, when I'm wrong, trust me, I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I'm wrong. Same. same. A, 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 a good amount, and, and I say as much, but. They were wrong on totally. Josh Rosen, and I was right on Josh. Well, Rosen. yeah, the, the market has has bared that out. He hasn't taken a single snap since the 2019 season. Yeah, they, you were no, right. They were wrong. No, no, no. It's not about that. Josh Rosen came to the Dolphins, and the Josh, and he just didn't lead. He's not a leader. Mm-hmm. The the guy was lacking the leadership gene, which is kind of what you need. As a quarterback, and it's kind of what they said Tua had in 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 abundance last year, was it not? Yes. Uh, so what, what you're doing this thing over and over again with the Mark Waltons, the Antonio Callaways, and it sounds good when you do it, but it's not working. And then you're saying that your team is about something that those guys are not about. That's what bothers me a little bit. Yeah, no, uh, but he's not I agree, but he, from my understanding and I and this this you know, this could be uh, off the information I may have gotten may be incorrect, but my understanding is he got suspended last year, right? He did get suspended. That suspension wiped away his guarantees. So usually when you're a first round draft pick, you get, you know, your four-year contract guaranteed. Um he's still under contract with what you know, he, he he's owed uh, what he originally was owed, but the Dolphins can cut him with, you know, nothing. I mean, they, 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 would, they would owe him a dime. They wouldn't owe him a dime, my understanding, if they move on. So this is a training camp tryout. That, to me, that's what this is. He has, you know, training camp is what, five months? He's got five months to get his life together. And if he does, um, and he's got talent, he can help this team. But if he doesn't, it, they they blew a priority free agent on him. That's essentially what it was. And they cut priority free agents all the time uh, and don't feel bad about it. So I, I think that's how you have to view it. And sure, I mean, if if he was a high character guy, he he wouldn't be traded. And if he if he was traded, if he just wasn't a right fit in Tennessee, it wouldn't be for a seventh round pick. I mean, that's so. Yes, I get it. You have to have an identity. But I, my guess is he'll if if he doesn't meet that identity, he'll wash out very quickly. Well, he doesn't meet the identity. That that is mm-hmm. like we know that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hope to mold them into that, and the risk reward is not what we're talking about. We both agreed that the risk is worth the reward, but what I'm saying is that don't sell me on leadership and smarts and tough and physical and dedication and all that when you're doing this other thing. That's what I'm getting at. Don't. Don't tell me you're about one thing and then do the other. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, and, and it doesn't really matter what we think. It matters what the locker room thinks. And if they see a double standard, that will 
that that will stick in their crawl. I mean that that correct. That's that's the one thing a coach cannot have is to, to lose the the confidence and the trust of the locker room. Um, but I don't. Again, I don't think th- th- this dude's going to get second chances. I think that he gets one chance with the Dolphins, and if he goes out partying on South Beach next week, things are not going to go well for him. Goes out party on South Beach next week. Nashville, South Beach. Nashville's a, an underrated party town. Oh, it's a great party town. It's a right? great party town. And Nashville <laughs> is underrated. It doesn't get the 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 New York, the L.A., the you know the South Beach and Miami and South Florida vibe. But Nashville's Nashville's top ten as far well, as I'm concerned. Nickname is Smashville, and it's not because they're smashing potatoes. I mean, it's because they're smashing their brains from all the alcohol they pour into it. So yes, it's it's that, that that's that stretch. I, I can't remember the name of the road, but that stretch between um, Panther Stadium and uh, the Predator Stadium is one of the most fun stretches of of real estate in the United States of America. To me, uh, I, I should have mentioned Las Vegas too. Las Vegas also. Mm-hmm. Also a uh, a player in that in that orbit. Uh, we're talking about the offensive line. Tell me about the center position because, by the way, there's an empty spot right there right now. Yes, uh, indeed there is, and the Dolphins uh, over the next week will probably fill that. Uh, my understanding is that they've all along communicated to Tent Karras that hey, there there could be a spot for you here. Don't you know? Don't stray too far. We really like the work you did last year. But there's a reason, Armando, there's a reason that that deal has not gotten done yet. I mean, if it was that simple and they were offering him the money that he thought he deserved, he would already sign. But that's that's just not the case. So uh, I, I think they are kind of, you know, <laughs> they got the wandering eyes, so to speak. I know David Andrews is going to be out there maybe to kick the tires on him. Uh, the Packers have a really good center that they don't seem like they're going to to, to, to to retain. So there will be options at the center position, which is good because Karras was fine last year. In fact, we could argue he was their most consistent offensive lineman last year. Um, but again, if, 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 if you're asking me if you can improve a quarterback, do you? And I say yes. I, I darn better sure say if you can improve, improve at center, do you do it? Yeah, you do that too. Well, it's very important that they – not only get a center because they don't have one uh, outside of Michael Dieter, who is their third round pick a couple of years ago to play left guard. And now is their backup center, but you need a veteran because mm-hmm. uh, you need someone to set the protections because last year they asked uh, the veteran to do that because, you know, they had a, a young quarterback later in the year that wasn't necessarily ready to do that and didn't need that on his plate. So, it's going to be interesting if uh, if you know they sign a veteran. That guy's got to do that and be capable of doing that to leave that other stuff off of Tua Tanga Vailoa's to do list pre snap. And the pre snap is the thing with Tua right now that he's trying to address as much as anything this off season. Uh, Corey Lindsley was the name that escaped me of the Green Bay Packers. And uh, speaking of a guy who's competent, he spent the last seven years earning the trust of Aaron Rodgers. So if you can do it for Aaron Rodgers, you can do it for Tua Tungabailoa. I wonder, uh, let, I haven't looked to see what Green Bay's cap situation is. Uh, I will say this, the New England Patriots have a ton of cap space. Uh, they could have signed David Andrews at a whim 
at any mm-hmm. point that they wanted. They could have signed Joe Thune already at a whim at any point that they wanted, and yet they've not done it. Uh, I think they've got over $60 million in cap space or expected cap space, which suggests that they can sign anyone they want. Yeah, Spotrac has them at $72.6 million. So the, 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 the teams with the most cap space are the Jets, Patriots, Jaguars, and Bengals. And that makes sense because all four of those teams were bad last year. Um, but the, you don't, you, we obviously don't expect the Patriots to stay bad, if, especially if they can figure out the quarterback position and go get, and, and it sounds like out of Boston that Jimmy Garoppolo might be coming back if, if, if San Francisco can find a, a suitable replacement. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, no, you make a good point. I'm, I'm looking up the Packers now. Um, they are not in very good cap situation. This was, as of this morning, they were uh, $11 million over the projected salary cap. You know, we just mentioned it, and the folks in Boston uh, treat that that problem like you just did. It's like, yeah, if Jimmy Garoppolo, he can come back, and he'll take care of everything, except they don't have the rights to Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) And Jimmy Garoppolo is under contract. And, oh, by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo, even under contract, is injury prone. I would say to you the New England Patriots have the worst quarterback situation in the entire uh, in the entire division, no oh, doubt. Oh yeah, without question. If if you if you were to ask the Patriots uh, because Cam Newton's on her contract, and uh, oh, what's I forget the name of the backup that wasn't very good when he played last year too. Uh, what's that? Uh, Stidham. Yeah, Stidham. That's right. Um, if you're asking me if I would take Jared Stidham or Tua Tagovailoa, the answer is of course Tua. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. But it sounds like the you know the the, the Niners. I mean, you're talking about a dark horse team that could, could trade up for one of those. I mean, there's five quarterbacks that are going in the top 15, perhaps, and I, I think that the, the Niners are at 12. So you could see them moving up. If I were the Dolphins, I would not move the whole way back to 12. Uh, that that's not something I would consider. Uh, but maybe that you know the, the Niners do like the Eagles did when they got Carson Wentz and moved up once and then moved up a second time to go get their guy. If the Dolphins could move back to say six or seven. The Niners can get up to six and seven. Maybe that's something that works. But yeah, it, it, they would have to do a lot of that legwork before trading Jimmy Garoppolo. And 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 the, and the Patriots just can't pause their you know their quarterback plans till the draft weekend. Although one name, Armando, and I'll get you out of here on this one, could solve all their problems up there and and turn that team around immediately and and make them the prohibitive favorite to get back to the Super Bowl. That name, Tom Ryan Fitzpatrick. Brady? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I love Fitzy, but he's not a. He, come on, man. Really? Would you take Ryan? Would you take Ryan Fitzpatrick or Cam Newton right now? Cam Newton. Oh wow! You know Cam Newton can't throw the ball anymore. Um. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that to be the case or to be totally true. I do know this. Uh, how many playoff games have has Ryan Fitzpatrick been in? Uh, it would have been one this year if he didn't get COVID. So zero. Okay. <laughs> how many playoff wins has Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, gotten for his teams? Oh, well, oh, simple yeah. math tells me if he's never appeared in a game, he has no wins. Thank you. So why is Ryan – I mean, look, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick as a backup. But the situation that he's in is he wants to come in to compete for a starting job. And that's great. But if you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick competing for a starting job, you've got a bad quarterback situation. 
I'm going to say it right here. Right. All right, and unless they take the I don't know the North Dakota State guy, the South Dakota right. State guy, one of the Dakota State guys in the sure. you know with fifteenth pick, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Then uh, then 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 Fitzy can come in and 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 be the mentor again and which, assassinate him. Yes, <laughs> yes, as, as destroy has, his confidence. As he has <laughs> other young quarterbacks like Geno Smith, Jameis Winston, and Tua Tagovailoa. All right, we have thirty seconds, Armando. Uh, when we next speak uh, in seven days. The Dolphins' biggest free agent signing will be whom? Oh wow! Um, thanks for putting me on the spot. I I don't know who it's going to be. I know it's going to be a wide receiver. So let's leave it at that. As far as I'm concerned, you you want to give the folks a name? No, no, that's why I asked you. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a wide receiver. Um, you know, if they go out and, and add to the off to the defense again, I'm just about going to find the tallest ledge on, or the <laughs> tallest building and find the ledge and jump off of it because they are super cap heavy on defense as opposed to offense. As long as it's not either or. Now they they have they'll have the resources certainly to do both, but I agree with you. Uh, getting to a Tungabailoa weapon should be their number one priority in free agency. That's it for this edition of the Dolphins in Depth show. We appreciate you joining us every week. I am caddy of the show, Armando Salguero, star of the show, Adam Beasley. You're off, sir. You're released unharmed. I'll talk to you next week.